0: And if I can offer anyone a suggestion, it's just to take time out and actually just write stuff down. If you actually write stuff down, write some bucket list items down, let alone goals, you got a 42% more likelihood of them actually manifesting. Like if you actually just write stuff down.
1: Learn modern marketing that you can use to grow your business in today's competitive landscape. This is Digital Marketing Masters with Matt and Kerry Rouse.
2: Welcome to digital marketing masters. I'm your host, Matt Rouse. And today my co host is here, Carrie Rouse. How are you?
1: Hello. Fantastic. How are you?
2: I am doing fabulous. And today I'm extra fabulous because our guest today is Trav Bell, who's the bucket list guy. He's the world's yeah. number one bucket list expert. And for the last 10 years, he's helped wake people up to live their list. Before they get given their use-by date, I guess that'd be used-before-date in Oregon.
0: <laughs> Trav, how are you doing? Good, Matt, Kari. Stoked to be on the show, guys.
2: I love it. And where are you coming to us from? You're pretty far.
0: I am, yes, I'm from the future. Right? Yeah, I'm in, I'm in a, about an hour and a half southwest of Melbourne here in Victoria, which is the state of Australia.
2: Right, not Victoria Island like uh, in Canada, Victoria.
0: No, it's Friday morning. It's Friday morning here, nice and early. So, yes, prediction for your future. We've still got this thing called coronavirus. <laughs> <It's>
2: still here. <laughs> <It's a pretty laughs> good afternoon here right now. It seems to be never ending here in the United States. You guys might get luckier than than us here, but. No, no, yeah.
0: it's, it's still bad. No,
2: pretty much bad no, there, too.
0: No, look at um, The mask is still here. Look
1: at that. Right. Yeah.
2: <laughs> You know this is going to come out a little later than we're recording it but right now my parents live in the maritime region of canada which is kind of eastern canada and because of the way that they they sort of blocked it off all non-essential travel and stuff like that they've had like no cases for weeks now i think same with new zealand i think they had like a small resurgence and they're pretty much back to zero again or close anyway
0: yeah yeah they kind of like thought that, that whole isolating thing is it it's a great human experiment, isn't it? It's, we're going to be looking back on this in, you know, 10, 20 years' time and go, remember we lived through this coronavirus thing and we all, you know, isolated and self-isolated and weren't allowed to touch each other? And it's this whole thing about the new normal, you know, and I've been talking a lot about this lately, is what is this new normal in terms of what work and life actually looks like? And, you know, I've talked a lot about mental health as well. The ramifications out of all this has been uh, catastrophic, But, yeah, I feel like we're we're just in a big Petri dish, aren't we?
1: (laughs) I think we always have been. We're just experimenting with it more now up close. (laughs)
2: Yeah, that's right. That's right. So I think an interesting thing is I was talking to a couple of people from different parts of the world, and we did an interview a while back with Phil Paluccia, who runs the Billionaires and Boxers podcast, and he was calling it World 2.0. We actually got together. We started doing a little bit of planning. We're going to do another one that's going to be called World 2.1, which is like now that we've seen what happens a little more and a little more stuff has happened, you know, and then we're going to kind of do some future predicting. You know, depending upon what industry that you're in, there's some predictions that are pretty good and there's some predictions that are pretty bad. But today we want to talk about something a little more positive. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, you got to be a little uplifting, right?
0: Well, the funny thing is, is, is what I talk about as the bucket list guy has got a negative connotation, right? Because it's about death and it's about, like the movie, about two, as we say here in Australia, two blokes that got given a cancer diagnosis and then they wrote a bucket list. My whole thing is about helping people wake up before they get given a use by date before something traumatic or dramatic happens to, to us or a loved one. You know, I want to help. I've been doing this for the last 10 years, trying to get people to, you know, be happier now, to recalibrate on their happiness, find more meaning, purpose, fulfillment in their life now rather than wait until someday or the perfect time or until they get given their use-by date. So it has got a negative connotation, but yeah, happy to, happy to put a positive spin on it.
2: So the uh, first thing that I wanted to ask you, is how did you get the bucket list idea started?
0: I My first business, and I know you guys talk to a lot of small business owners, I've always worked for myself. I've always had my own business. And uh, right out of university, I did a, a human movement phys ed degree. Um, because I pretty much grew up, as they say, in America as a jock, surfer, surf lifesaving, swimmer. And that led me on to do a phys ed degree. And then I got into, I was one of the first personal trainers kind of running around Melbourne here in Australia. So I started a personal training business pre-internet in the kind of early nineties, the gray beard would, you know, tell you that story. And yeah, so I, I've, I've, started with one client and ended up franchising out a concept, uh, a personal training studio concept. We had 21 personal training studios, tens of thousands of clients, 2 million personal training sessions. And, uh, and and did that for about 20 years, about 300 personal trainers working under that brand as well. And then I went through, you know, it got on top of me. There was some cancerous people in my life, had a little breakdown before breakthrough kind of moment, found myself slipping into a bout of depression. It wasn't just some business stuff, it was just other life got on top of me. But instead of going on heavy sort of antidepressants, I found myself just forcing myself to go into trying to get to the psychology side of things, you know, like to get to the root cause rather than put a, a Band-Aid over the top of it. I wanted to find out about what I was going through. So I found myself in, you know, learning things like neuro-linguistic programming, positive psychologies. you know, life coaching, all that sort of stuff. And then a friend of mine at the time said, oh, why don't you teach this stuff? And I went, all right. That helped me compartmentalize what I was going through, put on a talk, and and I was really, really scared. This was my first talk, and it was crap compared to what I do now. <laughs> and uh, I nearly had to pay the 40-odd people that came to, to be there. But I started sharing my list to do before I die. I always had one written down since I was 18. Not a lot of people knew this about me. This is 10 years ago. And someone at the end of it said, hey, how's this list to do before you die stuff? It's really fired people up. It's it's like a bucket list. You're like the bucket list guy. And I went, ping, like bulb moment. (laughs) Went home and registered the bucketlistguide.com. And I um, sold out of all my personal training, you know, studios, got our franchisees to rebrand. Did that all within six months. And to go then, that whole online world was starting And so I, you know, damn Tim Ferriss in his four-hour bloody book, I I read that but I read it as a a positive and I I just thought, you know what, I'd like to scale right back, be more of a thought leader, you know, and run a thought leadership practice rather than a bricks and mortar kind of business, a thought leadership practice. And speaking around the world was my go-to of getting that thought leadership out there in the world coaching, running program, you know, mentoring programs, et cetera. That's what I decided to do. So I've been doing the bucket list guy stuff for about 10 years. But initially, initially, I had no idea how the hell I was going to monetize it. So here we are, 10 years later, now we've got certified bucket list coaches teaching my stuff in 22 countries around the world too now. So beyond beyond me, so I've scaled the message out really cool. Uh, you know, we've partnered up with some really cool people.
1: Well, it all started with with uh, that one talk then, right? <laughs> we all start somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've actually got I've actually got film of that talk, video of that talk, and it's uh it's shit. <laughs> compared to like I look at it and I just I just wince. And but you gotta start somewhere, right?
2: You don't wanna go back and listen to episode one of our podcast. <laughs> it's, it's terrible. No, no, <laughs> bury it, bury it.
1: That's the whole idea of Becoming a a master of your craft takes a thousand hours, I think is what they're...
0: 10,000 hours, 10,000 hours, apparently.
1: But I read another spin on that is you don't have to be the best at everything, that 100 hours or 200 hours, you could get pretty good at something as long as you practice consistently.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always believed in in the, you know, the theory, be a progressionist, not a perfectionist. You know, like I when I registered the bucket list guy, funnily enough, and you guys can appreciate this. I, I I was on the Google machine, and I'm like, who's like the Mac Daddy? Who's like the king of bucket lists in the world? Oh, look, no one. So I literally called myself the world's number one bucket list expert, and went, well, no one else is claiming it. So so I I dug the hole. I, I threw myself in the deep water, and now I've been trying to swim ever since. But you know, you got to claim your space and. And I wouldn't be on this if I hadn't have done that. I wouldn't be on your show if I hadn't have done, you know, that sort of, you know, made that sort of bold step. But, you know, I, I know from a branding, as you guys know, from a branding marketing point of view, the bucket guy was a lot sexier than just Trav Bell. Who? <laughs>
2: you know. Yeah, you know, we had a kind of interesting similar experience recently because we created an email marketing course because i've been doing email marketing for like 25 years and i was like who is like the inbox master right like who knows how to get emails into people's inboxes and get it read and that kind of stuff and i searched around and anybody who had anything to do with inbox it was always like how do i get rid of my email like how do i manage my own email it wasn't like how to do email marketing and so we just like dropped in there we're like the number one inbox mastery course on the internet that's true <laughs> because we couldn't find anyone else who was doing that thing right oh well
0: uh, we need to have a discussion about we need to have a discussion because i literally had a had a chat to our marketing team last night about our uh, our open and click-through right so maybe there's something we need to talk about
2: That's right. It's probably a combination of deliverability and and what the, the kind of content of the email is. Things have been changing a lot since people are at home for coronavirus. They've been reading a lot more email and we can talk all day about email marketing, but that's not what we're here for today. If you guys want to find out about that, go take the Inbox Mastery course. All right. So. You got almost twenty-five countries right now, right? You have hundreds of certified bucket list coaches. And you have like a global remote remote work team. You guys are kind of living the large-scale digital nomad kind of thing, right? You know, where you don't have an office, and everybody works remote.
0: Yeah, we were, we were doing it before it was cool, <laughs> and 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 so you know, I deliberately studied a lot of a lot of companies, and I've had a head office before with staff and that sort of thing. And to be honest. At me being me, I don't play well with others in the same room. I'm too loud. i I interrupt people. I have an I, you know, a hundred ideas a minute that I just talk about to everyone. And that's just super annoying. I don't want to, and I've done that before and it pisses people <laughs> off. I know my strengths. I know my weaknesses. And when I said to our, our team, no, you working. you know, we don't want to head office. You're working from home that I knew in in their minds they were like oh thank god we don't have to hang around him in the same room you know because i won't get anything done but no I, I studied a lot of different companies successful companies remote work team companies before setting a bucket list coach and you know I, I i talk about it a lot i talk about what we call work-life blend you know lifestyle design building a business around your lifestyle you know, I'm I'm here, I, I surf every other day. I got a family, I love I, who I love being around. I've got four kids in my life now and you know, this is my lifestyle and, and I, I live in a pretty cool part of the world. And the last thing, is, so I've been exposed to a lot of pissed off people. I've been exposed to a lot of disengaged people. I've been exposed in in my time as the bucket list guy. A lot of people that are going through depression as well. That are that are just hating hating their life. And so I've seen all that, and then and then decided to you know life first, and then business second. Build a business that fits into your lifestyle. So we've deliberately, intentionally created the business around our lives and, you know, our our workflows and, and how we do everything, how we run our days is uh, so dependent. So I've just put on three staff members like in the last two weeks, one in the Philippines, one in India, one over in Spain. I'm looking at a world map over here and we've got people, we've got people in Bali, we've got people here in Australia, in America, you know, so it's, it's spread all over the world. And I think it's a really cool way to run a business. The only downside of that is maintaining, being conscious and maintaining a sense of culture with a remote work team. So you've got to be really, you know, extra vigilant dig- when it comes to that sort of stuff.
2: Yeah, we have the same kind of remote workforce idea. We did have a office briefly for like six months. Nobody ever went there. <laughs> no, no. Because, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we have people here, people in Costa Rica, soon... We're going to have people in Canada also. We got some contractors. So I wanted to get kind of back a little bit. Carrie and I, when we were kind of reading over your stuff, one thing that Carrie really like, what was that quote that you had, Carrie?
1: The dead at 40 and buried at 80.
2: Yeah. Do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? Uh, Well, pretty much says it all, doesn't it? I (laughs) I know it does, but
0: (laughs) people, (laughs) we know that we know that, you know, why I do what I do. And going back to that, that that I know there's a lot of people just living by default rather than by design. They're, they're just existing, not living. You know people like this too. It's not until they get given a use-by date, a wake-up call, something traumatic or dramatic happens to them or a loved one, that they suddenly reprioritize on their bucket list rather than their busy to-do list. People are so busy being busy right now. It's like this weird badge of honour that we carry around with us and and it's like, it's not until, and we've seen it, right? I've seen it in front of, you know, that TED Talk. There's 2,000 people in front of me there. And, and I asked the question, you know, who here knows people have been diagnosed or died from cancer? 2,000 people put their hand up. And then I asked the second question, how many people do you know have been diagnosed or died from cancer? You know, in your circle of influence, put up your fingers. And it's like, you know, from five to 10, each person, that, that is scary to look at from the stage and so, okay, well, how many of them then made their 80 years? Because that's the average age of death, 80 years. And everyone's like, oh, okay. So what are we waiting for? I mean, that's that's a real life survey right there. And I've done that for the last 10 years in different countries around the world. I know that people are people are dying at 40 and being buried at 80. They give up. They they stop being curious about their own potential. They stop being curious about what else they could do in their life. They stop pushing the envelope. They stop challenging themselves. And and as a result, they're waiting until someday or the perfect time or waiting until retirement to do the things that really make them happy. And here's the, here's the real stat. 87% of Americans, and Matt, I know that you're Canadian, same in Canada, same in Australia, but 87% of people who go to work every single day are what they call disengaged. That means 87% of people who go to work don't really like what they do. They just go there to get the paycheck. I mean, what are we just, what are we doing wrong? That's why, you know, things like depression is going through the roof, anxiety, suicides. And I know this is a heavy topic, but I talk about it all the time. You know, I, I just don't, I, I it's vanilla to me now. Sadly, it's vanilla to me now. It doesn't. You know, we've even got this thing called the loneliness epidemic. Google it. It's a thing, all right? We know what a pandemic is. That's pretty straightforward. But An epidemic, that's the adverse effect of social media. We think that we're more connected, but we're more disconnected than ever before. And that's had a a massive effect on on our psyche. It's had a massive effect on, on, on people individually. And you extrapolate that out into businesses. It has a massive effect on the bottom line. You know, it really does. A dis, disengaged work, you know, work team is, and the mental health impacts on, on, you know, it's huge. So we know people are dying at 40 and baby, but We have this midlife crisis. We've we've got Mondayitis. We've got Hump Day. We've got thank God it's Friday. We've got that sinking feeling at two or three in the afternoon on a Sunday as well. This, this is real. This is the urban vernacular of 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 what people experience on a on a day-to-day basis. And it's and it's really sad. So what have we got, what have we done wrong? Well, we're focusing on later. I'll be happy when syndrome. Right? What what I've tried to create is a, I guess a filter or a lens, this and put the put the that filter call it bucket list is to help people be happier now to have more meaning, more purpose, and more fulfillment in their life now and more gratitude in their life now because I built this, what I do now and what our coaches do around the world now, I built this for me, the former me that was going through depression. And I know that when I go speak, when I do podcasts like this, when we coach, I know the lights go on. I know that we wake people up through these methodologies. I know. I've seen people. I, I can go and do a talk and guarantee 30% of the room come up afterwards and uh, and admit where they're at in life. And I you know, I played priest for about <laughs> for a couple of hours after each gig and they just confessional. But at the end of the day, I know the world is in a pretty sad space and I know that these tools really do help people wake up. You know, it's just knowing and that's just that's just not me. That's just what I've done over the last ten years. And it's cool it really is rewarding and, and cool to watch people then suddenly, you know, guys, I've had people come up afterwards and go, you know what, I've i am on suicide watch. You know, as heavy as this is, guys, I've had people go, I'm on suicide watch and I'm or I'm on heavy antidepressants and then I've literally, and this is this is the stuff that gives me goosebumps, and this is the stuff that that drives me to uh, positively, you know, affect the lives of more and more people, you know, people who are on suicide watch that then send me their bucket list after their after my talk, and then send me a photo of them and their family over in Italy. That's why I. That's my why and that you can't beat that you know like and now we can scale that out you know around the world in different parts of the world different countries different languages and it really that's that's the big vision and mission for us
1: it's a big impact in people's lives i know i did health health coaching certification program and their i guess big talk which is also a ted talk is the big rocks presentation so it's very similar putting your big rocks or your bucket list items up front and making those a priority and then filling in all of your to-do list around that instead of what we tend to do is well I have this to-do list I got to get that done and then I'll go do something to make myself happy.
0: Yeah, look look for the majority of people and and the majority of people people are so busy on their to-do list that they forget about their bucket list. And if I can offer anyone a suggestion, it's just to take time out and actually just write stuff down. If you actually write stuff down, write some bucket list items down, let alone goals, you've got a 42% more likelihood of them actually manifesting. Like if you actually just write stuff down. And there's even studies that suggest that if you use, remember remember these things, I know it's crazy, digital marketers. We've got this thing called paper and a pen.
2: What is that? I know,
1: I know. Let's not get crazy. Here's my paper
2: <laughs> planner. <laughs> you can't see it from the podcast, but everybody's holding up their pen and paper, and I don't have one.
0: So the crazy thing is, is when you put this shiny object and it's got a ball point at the end of it, and it, and it actually writes, there's a consciousness that goes into this. There's a, There's some thought. I know it's very analog, not digital, but at the end of the day, it makes stuff more conscious. It, may, it brings it to the fore and you've got a 42% more. So you're halfway there if you're actually just write goals. But people don't. You know, right now your bucket list is swimming up there with your to-do list and guess which one gets done first, all right? But, it's, but then you go to the doctor and, the, and old mate goes, uh, guess what? You, you, you've got cancer and you've got five years and suddenly you're not busy anymore suddenly you become infinitely resourceful. You know, the time and money that you you thought you didn't have suddenly appears because you become resourceful. It's not a matter of resources anymore. It's a matter of resourcefulness. My whole role is to really give people a virtual cancer diagnosis and help them wake up before they get given a use-by date, And, and it does work, you know, in that TED Talk. See, the misconception about Bucket List is a lot of people that you know, think it's all about travel, and it's not because you know. I I created this thing called the My Bucket List Blueprint, a piece of intellectual property that have now trademarked, and a lot of our coaches kind of use it. And I I, I introduced and unpacked it during the TED Talk there, and that helps people be happier now. It's a twelve letter acronym called My Bucket List, and travel is the last T, travel adventures is the last T on that list, which is what a lot of people think of of bucket list, right? But, there's a whole bunch of other things that you can put on there that you can cross off right now that don't cost you a lot of time and money, but really what you're doing is choosing happiness. You're choosing the things that light you up and it helps people be happier now. I'm instant instant gratification rather than just delayed gratification because we know so many people in business that have gone, you know what, I'm going to build my business, I'm going to sell my business, I'm going to build, you know, I'm going to retire, get my 401k and then they have five to 10 good years and then they're gone. I mean, that shit is sad.
2: Yeah, there's this, I kind of, I like to think of kind of the bucket list idea also kind of coincides with that idea of people's like New Year's resolution that they never do. Every single year they pick some new thing they're never going to finish. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Year after year they fail at their New Year's resolution.
0: That's why they need a coach.
2: That's right. I am a big fan of of writing things down, like physically writing things down not necessarily like your to-do list items, you know, like for your work or whatever, though some people do like to take physical notes for those things. I like to write down stuff like ideas for things or like steps that I think are going to be needed for me to actually achieve something, you know, cause you know, if I make a resolution, I do my best to try and make sure it comes true. Most of the time I get them done because it takes steps to do those things. Right. But yeah. uh, when it comes to, Your bucket list, I like what you're saying that it's not necessarily travel because you do hear that from people, right? They say, you go, what's on your bucket list? They're always like, I want to go to, you know, see the pyramids.
0: No, yeah. Well, you can kiss goodbye 10 grand
2: easy. Right. You might also want to, you know, go see an art museum. And (laughs) there's one down the street, you know, but they've never gone in their whole life. Right.
0: Yeah, I mean, what I've been saying, it's interesting, Matt. You know, look, I've been on so many podcasts in the last six months with this whole coronavirus thing and lockdowns and stuff like that because really what we're talking about is mental health here, you know, helping people be happier. And, and, and at the end of the day, people are like, oh, but bucket list, I can't travel and I can't go to, you know, look, like, cool. But be a tourist in your own hometown first. It's about choosing the things on your bucket list and going after these smaller ones. that that don't cost you any time, don't cost you any money, that you can go after, that gives you that. that, And you cross off a bunch of these smaller things, and that gives you the momentum and motivation to smash through the bigger ones. And let's look at business for a second. Our businesses are vehicles. That's all it is, all right? So our businesses are vehicles. I say a bucket list is a tangible life plan where our career plan or our business plan should fit into our life plan and not be the other way around. So this really brings home that work to live principle. So your business, everyone's business should produce two things and two things only, and that is cash flow and time flow for you to go and do the stuff that you want to do in life, right? So that helps people. So when you've got a whole bunch of tangible end in steps in, in the form of a bucket list, it helps people get off the fence, make decisions faster, hire other people, and get it done so it clears up time for you to go and intentionally live your life, you know, and design your life. Stop living by default. And so so this, you know, and, and I've been my own self-experiment. I build businesses fast. I get on with it because I've got a heap of shit to do.
2: I totally agree. I have so much stuff that I want to do in my life. And I'm like, damn, I'm like 47 now. I only got like 30 some years to get this crap done. I'm 47 too, man. And, and nice. you know, like
0: when you get north of 45, you, you start to... <clears throat> Get a little
2: uncomfortable.
0: <laughs> We're going to hurry up, man. <laughs> We're going to be the big five O soon, and, and that's not pretty.
2: They say most people who run marathons are uh, 39, 49, or 29. And I think that's the order of the most because they want to do it because they're about to turn 40 or they're about to turn 50.
0: The thing is we buy into this we buy into the midlife crisis we buy into this age as a as a where we should be we suffer from comparisonitis so we're all out there comparing our behind the scenes footage with someone else's highlights reel you know that's the adverse effect of social media right there but i've seen too many people who have unbelieved the story that they've led themselves to believe to create something new for themselves you know, I've seen so many people just get outside their comfort zone, get outside the the role that they were playing in the movie of their life, get out of character and go after something different. And quite often I hear from people, Thank you for giving me permission to dream again. It's like, oh, what happened? What happened? Thank you for giving. See, and this is not about, this is about, you know, really giving everyone the opportunity to put their own oxygen mask on first before they can help others, right? Don't think of yourself like in a selfish way. Think of, of, have you guys got kids? Yep. Yep. All right. So be, live, practice what you preach. Be the example for others to follow. Be the example. Be a a parent, be a leader, be a partner of, of someone that is glass, seriously glass half full, not half empty, that's bitching and complaining about Trump. Oh, I know that's <laughs> no your business, Matt, <laughs> because you're Canadian, but at the end of the day, we're so caught up in, in the negative, it really does give people a positive reason to get out of the bed in the morning and to be the example for others to follow. Having four kids in my life now, I I'm really conscious of being the example for them to follow. You know, being it, not just talking it, but being it, living it. And 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 I know that. And I call we call at anyone who goes through one of our programs we call them a bucket lister. You know, and that's someone that that is living their life intentionally.
2: You know, I'm doing five
0: things on my bucket list right now. I've got another 350 things on my list to do. And, and at the end of the day, I've got to hurry up and build this business to fund all that, you know, and that's all part of it, create, create leverage, create freedom, create time so I can spend more time with the kids. And it's not just about me in that list. At the start it was about me doing all these adrenaline things and jumping out of and climbing mountains and surfing big water. but now it's it's about we and what sort of contribution, what kind acts for others can I do, and what sort of legacy can I leave. So it really it does change over time and depending on where you're at. But it's really a self leadership lesson. That's what it is.
1: Well, and you're building up the was it Maslow's pyramid of hierarchy where you have to. Meet your base needs first, and then go up to like hit your bucket list needs or whatever.
0: it Was the bucket was bucket list needs on Maslow's hierarchy? I didn't see that. Oh yeah, it's uh, totally on it there. Was Maslow, Maslow. <laughs> I might have a word to Maslow about his co- about <laughs>
1: his copywriting. About
0: <laughs> food, was
1: it? Self, yeah, <laughs> right there, right, self actualization, shelter, food.
0: Love, bucket yeah, list. yeah, bucket list items. Yeah, I saw it on there, I'm sure we might need to rewrite it. I love that one where you got Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and then down the bottom, you've got Wi Fi. Have you seen that one?
1: No, I haven't, but you definitely need Wi Fi. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, like at the base of everything is for it's a digital nomad, I think it's a digital nomad. A hierarchy of needs, and you got food, shelter, you know, did it at love, contribution, belonging. But underneath it all is this Wi-Fi. But there's a there's even a second one, and it says Wi-Fi and then battery. <laughs> if you haven't got battery and you haven't got Wi-Fi, then your whole world is is just implodes.
1: That's a lot of first world problems. <laughs>
0: yeah, totally. And but at the end of the day, as you know, with this whole Maslow's hierarchy, me speaking my truth from stage, helping a bunch of people—that for me is self actualization. One of the, one of the, and I heard it said before: when you're a speaker and you're speaking from the heart, you, you know, and I and I am who I am on stage, and I'm the same. Unfortunately, for a lot of people, I'm the same person off stage. <laughs> but that's where you just full self-expression. You know, I and I'm old enough, and I, I've you know done enough gigs where you know. That muscle of I don't care is just built, you know, it's calloused up. So I, <laughs> I say what I want when I want, and uh, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not afraid to, to be controversial, polarize an audience. It's just who I am. But at the end of the day, it, it works. But that that I've seen as uh, self actualization. But you know, I I want to make sure one of my highest values is helping others if I'm not helping a shitload of people I'm feeling incongruent with me you know, that that's my rule book that's my internal rule book in my values if I'm not it's right up there with my health if I'm not contributing I'm not I'm just not happy helping a handful of people you know I want to change the conversation I want to change the narrative well, why not you know like, like have a have a crack and so if, if it's, you know, if I go down the screaming heat, well, so be it, at least we have had a go. I
1: mean, your need is to help a lot of other people. Your purpose in life is to help a lot of other people, but that's not the same for everyone. So how, like, what would the first step be for our, our audience at home who is stuck in that nine to five cycle or the, the sad Mondays or can't wait till Fridays? What would be the first step for them to find what their purpose is to start on this journey?
0: Well, I answer a question with a question. I ask everyone, are you happy? If you're not happy, then life's way too short to be unhappy, really. Like no one's telling you to be unhappy, you know. And if you think that that's your lot in life, then that's really sad because you're going to make a decision either one way or the other. Here's the thing. Recent statistics prove that, that the average worker changes their job 14 times in their working career now, 14 times. So chopping and changing, having a side hustle, starting a new business, switching businesses, that that's all just part of life now. You know, gone are the days where someone like my dad, who was a wharfie, who was a fitter and turner, and diesel mechanic, started went in the same job when he was 16 in a and did it until retirement. That's just not even heard of these days. So get used to change, build that muscle, take those risks. if you're not happy guys you know happiness is everything you know like so you've got to recalibrate on that you know and I think what coronavirus has really helped people do is take a breath, a global collective deep breath in and just recalibrate it on their true north on their on on their happiness. And a lot of people have, done, have started new businesses have, have gone you know what I'm not happy I'm gonna do this instead you know what, going into the office every day, I'm, I'm going to opt to not do that from here on. I've reconnected with my family on a whole other level now. And at the end of the day, that's it's really helped people. So it's been a blessing in disguise for a lot of people. And so number one, recalibrate your happiness. Two is just start writing a bucket list. You know, have a look at the TED Talk. It's called Life's Too Short by Trav Bell. I go through the 12 Steps. It sounds like an AA 12-step program. You might need to do it with a drink. Um, So you might need a drink at the end of it. But go through those 12 steps and unpack what's in your head. Unpack what's in your heart. Write this stuff down and then go for the lowest hanging fruit. Go do it. Actually, I dare you and I dare you guys, Kerry, Matt, all your listeners, is to actually send me, when you've done that, send me your bucket list. I dare you. Send it to me. Strange things may happen.
2: I'll tell you what, I've got something on my list that I haven't done for a really long time that bugs me constantly is that we we live right by this giant mountain. okay? and I've been here for almost 20 years and I can see the mountain every time I drive down the road and I still haven't gone there. What's the mountain called? It's Mount Hood. All right. I'm like every year I'm going to go up to Mount Hood, but I never do. And I mean, I want to, but I just like something comes up, you know, like the same old story. But I've done all the other stuff around here. Like I wanted to see the House of Mystery and I went there. That's another story. went, you know, go to the beach, do this, do that. Right. I did all the other things. But for some reason, I just can't figure out a way to get to this damn mountain. So anyways, this is what I'm going to do. How far away is it? It's not far what do you drive there or is this like a full-on climb yeah
1: it's it's
2: an hour and a half drive yeah you can drive there and you, you can see it from my house it's right? an hour and a half drive what the hell am I? Yeah, I know so here's what i this november <laughs> 17th this is supposed to come out <laughs> so i will definitely i'm gonna go there this weekend and i'm gonna when i tell you that this podcast is launched i'm gonna send you a photo of me on the mountain
0: please do and then you're going to tag me, tag me on social media as well. You put it on social media. I will. And you're going to put hashtag ticket before you kick it. So ticket before you kick it with the B for you in the middle. And and so you know what I'm showing now. I know this is not is is we've got all of our people around the world with these green signs. So you'll be able to see these green signs if you put that hashtag ticket
2: before you kick it in online.
1: We'll put all this stuff in the show notes also. For the listeners out there who can't see what's going
2: on. <laughs> yeah, gonna we'll have the photos on social media because it's not like I ever take a photo that doesn't go on some social media.
0: So November, November is a fair way away, Matt. So what are you doing this weekend?
2: That's a good question. I'll have to check the schedule. But I'll tell you, last weekend, we worked on a live education event for cancer patients. There you go. And you want to talk about people who have cancer, right? And maybe they don't get to do their bucket list kind of thing, right? We were there live with, with people who've been diagnosed. And, you know, it was a great event. And, and you know, it's very helpful for those people and how to get treatment and things like that. If anybody is interested in that, by the way, it's answer to cancer the number two, Answer2Cancer.org. But yeah, you know, that that will kick your ass in gear a little bit to, you know, get stuff done.
0: Yeah, I mean, we don't need too many more wake up calls, too many more examples around us, do we? So, you know, it, it, what we're, you know, now that we're talking about it, I know it's now more conscious than ever before, right? I know that you're going to go make and you know make decisions in your business that will give you more leverage, give you more time, get off the fence, make those decisions. We're not waiting till someday here. We're not waiting for the perfect time. Someday ain't a day of the week. So now is the time, now is the time to start living your bucket list for yourself, for your family, for your kids, as a leader in your business, as a partner in a relationship, and, and start being the example for others to follow. But you know, ultimately we're identifying all the things that, that bring you meaning, purpose, and fulfillment in life. And, you know, I think it's probably the, the ruffle of the feathers that a lot of people do need, the shaker.
1: The ripple effect is huge too. So every person that you work with who is starting to come alive doing their bucket list stuff, the people around them are affected too. Because I, I, when I said that I was going to run a marathon and I, I hadn't even run a 5k yeah, nice. during the time to do that training for each event up to and past the marathon, people were like astonished and amazed and impressed and like, how did you do that? And I'm like, it's nothing special. You just do it every day. Like, yeah, just yeah, do yeah, work. Yeah.
0: Well, we've got two types of goals. We've got we've got what we call an achievement goal, which is like a bucket list item, and then we've got a habit goal. So, drinking four liters of water per day is not a bucket list item. You know, losing weight every day is actually not a bucket list item either. That's part of the journey towards the destination. And so, uh, so yeah, you got to break it down. See, here's the thing. This is not about a bucket list. It's really about how a person reverse engineers every aspect of their life in order to make this stuff come to fruition, right? And it's the growth of you on this journey towards these self-imposed destinations. But more importantly, it's about the person that exists on the other side, the person that you do not know yet. And if that doesn't inspire you, if, if you're not curious about the person that exists on the other side, the real you, that exists on the other side, then, you know, I don't know what else to say. Get curious, get excited, get, get, get surprised. Put yourself in these situations where it exposes that bigger version of you. That's what the human experience is all about, if you ask me.
2: Man, I heard this story and it was on NPR, which is like national public radio here. And it was this crazy story. Just like one morning, I can't even remember what I was doing. I had to drive somewhere early in the morning on a weekend. I heard this story on the radio and it was just riveting. And it was about this guy. He uh, was with his family and they were kind of lower middle class family And he didn't kind of like the direction that everything was going. And so he like worked really hard in school. So he could get a scholarship and he went off to college, but you know, his brother and, and the rest of the family, they kind of stayed in the hometown just trying to get, you know, whatever job you could get and drinking all weekend and every night and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes along with it. Right. And it actually got to a point where he hadn't seen them for a really long time. And He went back to visit them and he showed up and they have they still lived in the same mobile home trailer. But the first thing that he noticed is there's a giant hole on the wall right next to the front door and there something is covering the hole. And so he went inside the house and they had just stapled a towel over the hole that was next to the front door. And his mother is still smoking cigarettes out of the hole in her neck, right, with the hey, how are you kind of talking thing, you know, and uh, like the brother is basically so overweight and obese that he can't even get out of the chair anymore, you know, can't work or anything like that. And meanwhile, this guy's a multimillionaire. He built a giant business and did all this stuff. And and so he was there to try and, you know, see if he can help with some, some medical resources and, and, and things like that for the family. But he's like, how can you live like this? Right. Because, like you know, they have ashtrays that have spilled over the sides of the end tables and there's whole holes in the floor and the walls and their electricity's shut off and whatever, right? And it's this thing where people accept, like if something bad happens to them, it just happens to them. They're that victim mentality. Oh, victim. now yeah. something else yeah. has happened. Blame. But then they yeah. just let it happen and happen and happen and happen and happen. And eventually they've fallen so far down this hole that it's just unimaginable when you can't Blah, you you a... don't see the graduals change. But you, no. you know, You could go the other way. Right. And you could gradually be getting better and better and better and better and better and improving your life over and over and over. You know, well, you've seen, obviously, the change that people can have in their lives. Anyways, it just reminded me of that crazy story that I heard.
0: I think you've just described about 10 movies that I've seen. You know, that's the plot, right? It's like Sweet Home Alabama, you know, with Reese Witherspoon. She goes back to, back to Alabama. She's a successful, you know, New York, you know, fashion guru, you know, and she goes back to Alabama and goes back with it. Anyway, yeah, it's, it's people, you know, it's a, but, but here's the thing. A lot of people are just unconsciously happy, you know. like it, Some people are really happy in that situation. That's cool. But when you're exposed to different experiences, when you're exposed to different circles of influence, it can really widen, you know, take the blinkers off. And so that being said, some of the happiest people on Earth, such as people in Vanuatu, people in Bhutan, hardly have anything. They're poor, right? But they just don't know any better.
2: That's true. And you know what? We're kind of uh, minimalist, you know, people. We don't have a whole lot of stuff. And I still like to live by that philosophy that the, the things you own end up owning you, right?
0: It looks same here, and I think I think the minimalists actually they're up from around Portland area. I think I've met those guys. They were on my bucket list to meet, and uh, that Ryan and what's his name, the other guy. Anyway. But yeah, I I was the same, and until I, I became a stepdad to four kids, and so now the minimalist lifestyle has just gone to the shit. <laughs> anyway,
2: you know, we try and keep the toys to a minimum too. You know, donate as, as you as you get new ones, kind of thing. Keep them cycling through to other people, and and reduce, reuse, recycle, and all that. Right, and all that hippie talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because you're in Oregon, mate, doesn't mean you're, you're the only hippies in the world.
2: <laughs> no one in Oregon would look at me and be like yeah that guy's a hippie
0: <laughs> oh, God. but you are living in the United States which is you guys consume more than anyone else in the world so that's, right.
2: that's true you know well you can get stuff from Amazon shipped to you the same day so that's helpful but <laughs> yeah that's it <laughs> <laughs> it's a little tough sometimes you're just like well you know should I look for that cable for my phone or should I just buy one and have it here by noon <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So before we get even more sidetracked again, you'd mentioned the TED Talk before. Do you want to give us the name of that again so people are watching? Because I thought it was brilliant.
0: Yeah, Life's Too Short by Trav Bell. So I did that at TEDx Melbourne. And, and you'll see, spoiler alert, that I, doing a TED Talk was actually on my bucket list. And I ticked it off live in front of 2,000 people.
2: Nice, nice yeah, and you took your brain out so yeah and I had the mohawk which
0: was my this is COVID hair right now, but I had a mohawk I got that mohawk when I turned forty and that was my fuck you forty haircut <laughs> as you can appreciate I don't know I didn't clear the whole swearing thing so but All good. at the end of the day that was uh, that was my and it's coming back I think to look at the end of the day it's it's really helped like that that talk alone has really helped a bunch of people which is which is. Yeah, really been really cool, and but you know a lot of people have watched it and then and then going yeah I got eight foot and bulletproof, but then life just gets in the way. So that's why we've created our coaching network now to to really you know hold people by the hand and, and keep them accountable and actually get them to do stuff rather than just talk about it. But yeah, life's too short. by Trapel. out.
2: What's the best way for somebody to reach out to you?
0: On socials, so I guess I do a bit of stuff on Instagram these days, which is bucketlistguy.trovebell. People can, you know, direct message me there. They can even email me if you want. And, and I'll, I dare you to email me your bucket list. Strange things may happen. We love actually helping people do their bucket list, so we have a really good resource network of people out there that can actually help aid people to tick stuff off. So Trav at thebucketlistguy.com or thebucketlistguy.com is is obviously a main site there too.
2: Perfect. We'll put that stuff in the show notes and you can get the show notes at hookseo.com slash podcast. Carrie, thanks for being on the show again today. Yeah. And Trav Bell, thebucketlistguy.com. Trev, thank you so much for sharing with everybody. And uh, hopefully we'll get some people checking some boxes off their bucket list here before they're 80. And uh, I'm going to go see that damn mountain down the road, too. So uh, I will send <laughs> you a yeah, photo.
0: Yeah, man, I'm expecting a photo. Like, would it be presumptuous for me to assume that I'm going to be sent that this weekend? It's what, like an hour and a half away. Would it be too presumptuous?
2: Tool, but uh, I, I will get on it as soon as I can. probably do not
0: say like a commitment at all. So, Kerry, yeah. is, it? is you know it, it this weekend or next weekend?
2: No, it's I, a, I'll tell you about commitment. You know what? I am probably one of the only people that I know that has actually managed to accomplish the thing that they say they're going to do for their New Year's resolution every year. <laughs> every year I do it. And it's not like easy stuff. Like, I don't pick, like, I'm going to go to Seven Eleven or something. I'm like, like, one year it was, like, write a book. One year it was make a video game. You know, like... Nice. I do real shit. I'm going to go see the mountain. I promise. All right,
0: mate. All right, mate. All right. Hey, if I have to use reverse psychology to get this shit done, I'll I'll use it. I'll use whatever.
2: (laughs) Whatever it takes. Just send me the bill. (laughs) You
0: You don't want to (laughs) say (laughs) that. You don't want to say that. (laughs) All right, guys. Hey, this has been a pleasure. Thanks a lot for connecting. Uh, Stoked to be on your show once again. If we've got to do round two, talk about Matt's Matt's adventure up the mountain, then uh, more than happy to, guys. I'll put the photos
2: in the show notes.
0: Okay, cool. All right.
2: All right, guys. Have a good day. Awesome. Thank you so much.
1: Join us next week as we dive into more tips and ideas to grow your business.